Good afternoon. Hope you can hear me okay. I'm Jack Chu. This is Chewing It Over for Wednesday, the 25th of the 8th, 21. Approaching that big 200, 198 episodes. Pretty weird that. I'm really looking forward to, to hitting that milestone. Don't know what I'll do. Party popper, little party hat on my own here in the studio. Uh, or maybe I'll have some sort of super mega guest and we can uh, talk about those 200 and, and what the future brings. I've got a few big plans, actually, for what those milestones and the big milestone of 100 podcast episodes through Physio Matters will bring. Um, so, yeah, as we as we creep up to that milestone, um, this is a, uh, should I say, I always come on to shows, don't I, saying looking forward to getting into the topic and stuff. Um, this one I less so, uh, which is why it's uh, sort of jokingly admitted to being final thoughts on manual therapy. Whether I managed to see that through or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's a topic that I'm a little bit sick of, but for some different reasons to others. Some people say I'm sick of this topic and it's clearly because they've got sensitivities on one side of it than the other. I'm a bit agnostic in many ways. I end up with a fairly mundane middle ground position on it that's not passionate one way or the other um and therefore why would i get fatigued by it i think it's sometimes the distraction from some good stuff but mainly because i think people talk past each other i think there's some interesting conversations to be had that never get off the ground because of the way in which that discussion is debated the argument of hands-off versus hands-on care comes up um and in this era of sort of integrated virtual and face-to-face care, sometimes it's like such a nonsense discussion that, that, that distracts. Now, some people are purposely distracted from the core argument, and some people are doing it by accident and talking past each other despite best efforts. And uh, I think that's a shame because, um, yeah, some good conversation can be had. But because it doesn't, because um, more often than not, the loudest voices on this end up not really getting anywhere, um, it makes for me just, I find it to be pretty dull. Um, so, as I say, I end up with a fairly middle-of-the-road position in many ways, controversial in some ways, but then the flip side on the other, which makes it sort of a net neutral. Um, but um, it also means that you guys still want my take on the matter. Um, and so I've heard that loud and clear. When I ask on this show and elsewhere for topics that you want me to hit, then it's inevitably in there comments not necessarily on the theme but also like what did you think of this article what did you think of this exchange what did you think of this latest spat that say Meekins and Chad Cook and Gwen Jull have got into and when I was away uh, for a couple of weeks uh, earlier this month there was a few editorials that had been posted that that um, that Adam then then took the uh, responded to and vice versa you know the, the classic sort of uh, back and forth between manual therapy advocates and defenders and, and those uh, critics of it. Um, and so here I am taking that bait to some degree and uh, and we'll be chatting about it, but less so um, in defense of any opinion. Uh, we shall share my own, but then also share why ideally I've put this to bed at least to some degree for now. One of the, the, the big issues that I, I see um, in the conversation breakdown is because is, is that um, there are some entry-level points that you'd expect people to sign off on that actually the majority of sort of contemporary thinkers and practitioners in MSK are comfortable with. 
that the stalwart like advocates of uh, manual therapy and hands-on techniques manipulation um, and and other other manual therapies be that mobilization massage or, or more specific techniques that, they really struggle to grant that and then the, the problem i have with some of the sort of critics and skeptics in the manual therapy space is they just don't hold them carefully enough to that i interviewed gwen Joel very briefly for 10 15 minutes you can still find that on facebook if you want to and in that it's quite basic certainly no zingers in there but you know quite simple things that i sort of admitted to a disagreement with her on and tried to hold her to account for specificity um, and it's quite a simple thing to do, but but what happens is if you don't hold them to that and, and make sure you poke on that bruise for a little bit, then you don't highlight a hypocrisy. And you also, then if you try to move on to other arguments too quickly, then you're never going to get anywhere. So what I'm getting at with this is there is a massive difference in opinion between a lot of manual therapy proponents who feel that it should be a real core component of MSK care and those that, that feel otherwise right that, that feel it either should be just an accessory or supplementary technique that's occasional or techniques that are occasionally used in M in core msk care delivery um and that for that i mean supplementary to rehabilitation uh in the sort of let's say highly professionalized class of msk therapies you know your your, your physio your sports rehab your your um osteo chiro that sort of stuff right it's like someone presents with injury. So I'm not talking about accessory therapies and, and the r rationale for weaving things like massage therapies into, into care as administrated by other people. I'm talking about someone who's coming in for an half hour um, uh, consultation. How much should manual therapy be or would manual therapy be part of that in an evidence-informed manner? One of, the, one of the big issues there that's doesn't really get ironed out is that the proponents of it want to imply that the laying of hands changes more in moment or in session than those that are critics of it feel, right? And so there's some empirical claims get made that are simple to sort of tidy up, but never get we never get round to it because the mechanism of effect, which is often what I talk about and that I'm passionate about, falsehoods on that front can come separate to claims about how efficacious it is, right? How effective it can be, how, how much an application of it improves the care outcomes in MSK conditions, right? So let's just take low back pain, for example. The claim about whether or not man massage, manual therapy of any flavor, mobilization, manipulation, or whatever it might be that's done to someone or with someone um, passively or collaboratively to their back and to them as a person. The claim that that will then improve their outcomes is a different claim to someone saying that they, the laying of hands changed their tissues or made a meaningful difference to muscle tone or to altered the actual stiffness of a vertebrae as it moves on another vertebrae. They, they, they're often coming from the same people and that sort of conflates those issues sometimes, but they are separate points. And I have far more beef and issue and, and, and passion about claims made about the mechanism of effect of interventions and the laying of hands than I do whether or not it supplements positive outcomes, particularly in an N of one example, or even in trial data. 
on that side of it, you know, the, the bit that I'm on about with regards to does it supplement more positive outcomes or faster outcomes and stuff, it's like, I know those arguments and they're interesting and I know that, that data on, on an evidence level, but I found it, I find it to be, you know, that, that's kind of where there is less interesting stuff to be talked about. I think that that's where the skeptics and zealots that are really against hands-on care get carried away on that stuff, you know, implying that in any circumstance, it, it, it's not, it's not helpful to, to offer therapeutic touch of some format to some people that, that really, um, could de-threaten a specific context in a circumstance or help them to do a, a movement with more confidence. You think about, say, instability, shoulder instability, or, or their perceived sense of, let's say, spinal instability, um, done well in a skilled laying of hands without any of the nonsense being spouted around it. You can just so imagine that, that, that a caring, caring touch by a professional in the right context can be really helpful it's like the, the classic sort of reassuring hand on the shoulder when someone's uh, upset or a handshake in the right context can be really meaningful and powerful in the right social context and most people kind of are understanding of that but the, the the conversation ends up being does it work or not does it help or not right and the how it works is somewhere that i think is far more interested because that's where you really separate those that are just advocates of it because they feel it supplements their outcomes, but they are embedding it within a really sensible contemporary model of practice that's less about adjuncts and more about rehabilitation, functional scaling of people's ability. But if you notice that the same people then are touting claims about what hands-on therapy does or therefore what the absence of hands-on therapy or manual therapy does because of the way in which you need to change someone's say structural integrity their biomechanics through manual means that's where i start to smell a rat because that's not necessarily claims about outcome benefit that's claims about the mechanism of effect on those changes right what is it that that was done with your hands to that person that then changed them or their tissues in such an, a way that then predicates that recovery or lack of right and when you start to make those claims it starts to be frustrating so for example if you feel that to manipulate someone is going to make meaningful and non-transient changes to their tissue integrity that the pliability let's just say for, for want of a better term of the of those tissues or you're mobilizing a joint and you and you want to say that what that's done is it has loosened that joint off to some degree that is in any sort of measurable way we know that data we know those lab studies we kind of know that within measurement error we can't for a second make those sorts of claims the more accurate we've come to under, uh, create measurement techniques on this stuff the less we've found and that the more you think about what we know of tissue integrity generally and we think about even just the logical evolved benefits of having tissue as we have it or studying the fact that there isn't um that you have various frictionless interfaces between the skin and its in its lower layers make it less and less feasible and we have less and less evidence to suggest that you can manually deform tissue through manipulation massage rubbing folk pushing on folk or if you do you're making it and you, you, you sort of um, pummel someone into mobilizations and things like that, then 
the actual effects that you might have on their range of movement is highly likely to be related to, say, a, tra a transient change in muscle tone. Or if you've been able to influence that tissue, it's, it's, it's all viscoelastic. It's all likely to return to its previous form unless you've been striking someone, right? And even if you're striking someone, you think about how much force you would have to put through someone to truly deform that tissue right you're talking about breaking breaking bones or creating significant soft tissue wounds and the hematomas and things like that in order to do so and once you're not striking someone so if you're already from a starting point of actually touching them the force that you can generate is unlikely to be such that's sufficient to deform tissue that we know of its integrity right we, we know that from again the labs and, and, and in vivo studies so that's something that I make sure I, I try to offer a difference on is that when I get sucked into the, to those conversations, it's often because if someone's implying that there is a really meaningful um, difference that you can make to someone's tissue with your with someone else's bare hands, and by meaningful in this instance, I'm just meaning sort of a relevant structural change, or the specific laying of hands is going to then alter someone's, say, muscle tone or the way in which they feel comfortable um, in such a way that that's then going to going to change their their body for any length of time that's relevant. Then that's where I start to get frustrated because I feel that that, that is something that flies in the face of, of evidence from you know six or seven different angles, really. Far more bothered about that than I am when people say I just think manual therapy enhances outcomes. I mean, there's still a claim to make, and they still need to sort of back that up better than just patients I see and things like that. Um, and I think that the, the the reason I would get bothered about mechanism of effect stuff is because I think, and it's hard because you know I definitely don't have. Um, a massive this is sort of thing that you can't really find hard evidence to support this is definitely where my mind is more opinion and conjecture on this but i would say that when folk want to um want to to, to lay their hands and imply that they're changing someone's tissue for the better let's say that oh i found that this joint is so they're making a claim on assessment that they've found something that they've been able to detect a difference, right? That feels tight, that feels stiff, and therefore I'm going to change that. So the claim is a bit false anyway, in my opinion, right? They, they perceive it to be stiff, but say they're mobilizing vertebrae, right? Lumbar vertebrae. That feels stiff. I feel like your L3 is not moving well. Your, let's just grant that it's your upper lumbar spine is moving it's stiff and your lower lumbar spine is taking a relative strain. That's the classic theory. And that I think that's a bold call. You know, I can understand why they might feel that, and they might be being honest about that their perception of it. But you know, that, that, that how much they can trust that judgment, I think, is beyond beyond the level of competence where you need to be able to comfortably uh, test that. Um, I think that's um, that those extrasensory skills. You know, they might be able to feel it fine. They've trained themselves to do so, but their ability to influence that through the mechanism on their next breath, right? So the the fact that they're then saying that they can. Um, they can add a, um, I suppose, the fact that they they then in the next breath say, I can influence that that person, that tissue, um, in in a meaningful way to mobilise that upper lumbar spine that I feel is upper lumbar vertebrae that I feel is stiff, is that 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 is something that really can can 
somewhat disable some patients. It's the, the perception that they then need a third party, not to collaborate with them on their recovery. I think it's stupid when people suggest that it almost makes people addicted to that therapy. I don't think there's any evidence for that. But what I mean is that the, the locus of control and the sense of self that, that someone has is going to get altered by the fact that they then think that their body has somehow got itself into a pattern where it moves badly. And it moves badly on, on an intervertebral level. And that it needs someone to enhance that movement in the upper lumbar spine um, is something that without a good claim that they can actually do that. So someone's saying, I'm going to mobilize your L2 and, and make a relevant difference to intervertebral movement. That's a big claim. I just don't think you can do that. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that's how the body works. Okay, that's just my um, take supported by, as I said, seven different flavors of, and angles of evidence, really. But even if even if um that is disputed i think one of the things that makes me passionate about the mechanism of effect stuff is that to make that suggestion on someone to make the suggestion that their tissue is so malleable that you mobilizing them like that is going to make a difference to their biomechanics and therefore their recovery i think is really disabling because of the way in which a funny step, you know, sleeping, you know, and people think this all the time, is that they're then sleeping badly or having a particularly heavy night's sleep with your neck twisted is therefore going to move you out of shape. The fact that you then miss a step and step off the curb funny and it jolts you back, you wonder have you thrown yourself off. If someone's bare hands can mobilize someone back into shape or make them move better or intervertebrally move better, the claim is then it's going to get translated downstream to the effects on on everything else, right? You bump, bump into the corner of a table and, and bruise yourself. It's like, right, has that, has that made them, you know, that's a far bigger force than, than that person that was pummeling on my back the other day. Have I therefore made a meaningful difference to my tissues, right? So the, the claim that we can make alterations to people, I think is, is one that has far more consequence than people under, you know, people estimate. And I think that the, the complex stuff that I end up seeing clinically where it's sort of second, 10th opinion work, it's often people that have ended up joining those dots themselves or having those dots joined by other therapists and thinking that they are somewhat vulnerable and somewhat fragile in such a way that therefore simple day-to-day -day tasks and even say semi-sporting activities would throw them off so meaningfully, right? That their body will not adapt and be robust enough to tolerate that. And then they've realized, well, it also plays that when I need putting back in place um, or I need my tissue loosening off or I need to be uh, mobilized in that particular way to, to get myself back on track, it's this notion of them being plasticine rather than them being robust and having a structural integrity that, that therefore stronger. And that's why I focus so much more on the, that being where the issue is, is that the claims on the mechanism of effect of your interventions far more important and far more serious to me and leaving people with those almost scars of, of perception, that's a bigger issue. And then therefore, the, the, the how, how much people want to lay their hands as a means of enhancing their outcomes without, if they're not then laying on the bullshit about their, the uh, mechanism of effect of the injury, what do they think they're doing with their hands? If they leave that part out of it and they're just, you know, laying their hands uh, as a means of it feeling nice and potentially then helping someone to have the confidence to pick some up off the floor or to go into the gym and do something or, or whilst they're doing something, doing a mobilization with movement to offer that reassuring touch, to encourage that movement, 
I just don't care as much about that. I just can't find myself caring as much about that because I don't think the data is strong enough to be really convinced either side of it. But where I feel it is quite convincing and I feel that there is a logic model that makes sense uh, and, the, and the counter doesn't is, is on what we can do in terms of two people's tissue with our bare hands. I feel like that's something that I can become not convinced in a in a blinkered way, be, but but yeah, it would probably be a, a career defining moment if we came to understand that actually, yeah, we are more plasticine than we ever realised, and that, that that really unpicks so much to a point in which I need to hold my hands up and, and retire. Really, that probably wouldn't be tenable. Now, this is something I wanted to ask you guys about. Those that are tuning in live, how fed up are you with this discussion? We did a survey recently, hundreds of you completed this survey. We asked a few you know, questions, but two questions that are relevant to this. We asked, what do you want us to talk more about? And what do you want us to talk less about? And one of the top answers on both of those questions was manual therapy. <laughs> so you've got people that want more of it and you've got people that want less of it and are done with it. I'm interested in you guys as you tune in live or are here now or those that are listening after the fact then send an email info at com, or, or comment on these after the fact if you're watching the videos are you are you fed up of it do you, you know is it, is it my take which is that it's the conversation is being had badly is the main issue or is it just that it just needs retiring and that my hope for this to be the sort of final time that i address it as a as an entity is, is a good one uh, that doesn't mean i'm not going to be visiting the specifics of, of application of certain techniques etc it's fine and, and integrating it into um conversations about particular pathologies or styles of treatment or whatever but as far as just the, the manual therapy debate let's say i just want to try and retire my thoughts on this and sign out with them and have it all in one place so i can point to this episode as my my take on it but what's your opinion are you are you fed up of it are you are you you know you want more of it do you think that the only way to get through it is to to, to continue to try and find and work different angles uh, i am really interested uh, in your take on it so becky said here uh, i couldn't agree more jack i hear clients daily that have been made to feel their bodies are fragile it makes me so angry uh yeah it's, it's super interesting thanks becky and i agree i find that so such a shame because it unfortunately then that's that explanation gets conflated then with the act of doing it and as, as as becky's a perfect example of it it doesn't need to be coupled like that you know you can you can explain things in such a way but still deliver therapeutic touch in, in a meaningful way liz bailey i spend my life using manual therapy with dancers but also explaining the mechanism of effect as we understand it now i hate the bullshit behind it but it's invaluable in this cohort they love it yeah and i think that that's interesting as well with regards to liz needing to use touch as a means of facilitating performance as well as the cohort for you know, those that haven't uh, watched Liz's episode she's been on and talked about she's obviously working with professional dancers uh, in that context and there's something to be said as well with regards to patient selection in terms of this this patients that just don't want you touching them or if, they, if you do then it's something that feels quite medicalized as touch really it's like examination type touch like you get touched by your GP if you had to if they needed to to, to you know uh, do something not necessarily invasive but you know like this you know, we need to take a pr temperature right there's this sort of like a they're going to need to, to put their hands on you in a medical examination type sense right um and some people feel like that about even manual therapy in a physiotherapy setting and then there are others that find that touch even from a relative stranger laying your laying your hands is something that is in, inherently relaxing right so um I think that the, the demographic differences between who loves it and who doesn't 
is is really interesting and certainly something that makes me less again less passionate about the conversation about whether or not it should be uh, should be enhances outcomes. I think on an N one level and and, and that on applied practice, I think that that's where sensible clinicians, Liz Becky included. You know, yeah, that, that's what they're doing, and, and, and it just makes sense to do so. And I'm no different. Um, I will come to that in conclusion, though, uh, in a second, as to what I think my experiences have informed my opinion on how much do I use it. You know, that's well worth me me explaining. Um, let me pull on a few more. I'm never going to get through all of these comments, um, apart from Jim saying he likes the new uniform. Yes, Jim, you're doing, honestly, you're going to love this stuff. It's all pretty all pretty and, uh, and sharp. So, yeah, looking smart, aren't I? And then uh, Liz has taken the piss out of him for that, saying, no wonder our profession's a mess, Jack March. Ooh, shine, new shiny thing. Yeah, um, I'm waiting for Liz to then give me some sort of uh, hot take on the actual subject. Otherwise, she's just as guilty. She's uh, bantering him. Jenny Archer, sorry, it's not going to show all of this message and it's quite difficult for me to get through it all, but let's just see. Problem about the argument, it's become quite unpleasant within our ranks, which has not done the physiotherapy profession any good at all. There are fours and against for the chosen treatment of any patient group or condition and all, and then, sorry, Jenny, let me see. What else all modalities have their place without making claims outside of our understanding of conditions or disease. Um, da, da, da. Some people on both sides of this argument need to engage politely and intelligently. Yeah, I think that that's fair enough. I think there's definitely uh, some ugliness in the discussion. Um, passion gets heightened. My biggest understanding of why that happens, because I, I, I'll be honest, I think it's, it's pathetic how how hostile it gets sometimes. But people personalise it. Um, people are so attached sometimes to the modalities that then a, a, a critique or a ridiculing even you know, because that's the thing, if you, I, I'm of the opinion, because people think, well, why would you want to ridicule something? That's rude inherently. It's like, no, you'd not, you, 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 you I'm, I'm passionate about the protection of comedy, right? We need to have the freedom to ridicule. Ridiculing people, that's not, not professional, but to ridicule manual therapy. So if I suddenly went off on one and started to take the piss out of um, the, the perception that, you you know, massage of the sole of the left foot is going to alter the biomechanics of the right side of the jaw, right? And I started to take the piss out of that. People that are really into that and identify really strongly with that style of care, they take personal offense by it, right? They attach that that thing, that entity, that style of practice or that, that modality, that technique to themselves. So when I'm taking the piss out of the thing, they then think I'm taking the piss out of them as a person. And, and then them taking offense by it, it gets heated because they then think, well, you've come at me, I'm going to come at you. You don't know what you're on about. You're, you hate this um, and you're anti this. And who personalized that? People don't realize that they're so attached to some of these things, including on the other side of it, that they're so attached to their identity as an edgy contrarian skeptic. That then someone that's just saying that, I, you know, I like to lay my hands on some patients sometimes, which is a completely benign and weird thing to be against. They then become so passionate, they're, they're so personally attached to the idea of being against it, that they feel aggrieved and take it personally often um, on that side of it as well and start to become defensive and, and, and hostile. So I don't like that it gets heated. But equally, I, I think that the reason it gets heated is, is like that. It's, that, that. it's just a bit of a lack of introspection from many different quarters. And, it, and it's, uh, 
it's yeah, I find it petty and pathetic. But then me calling it petty and pathetic means that someone's going to be offended by that. You're calling me pathetic, even though I didn't name you by name. But equally, yeah, doth protest too much, really. If you if you recognise yourself in this in this little rant, then uh, then yeah, I think that's the the, the biggest one. Um, let's have a look. Sorry, I'm definitely not going to get to all of these bloody hell brilliant comments. Thank you so much. I will definitely be um, be looking through these afterwards. I'm sorry, I'm not going to get to all of them. Oli said, so much time wasted on the debate. If we focused as much effort on improving how we communicate with and educate patients, the industry would be in a much better place. Yes, Oli, nothing more needs to be said from that. That was a brilliant way of summarising it. I couldn't agree more. Um, Let's see what Liz has said since I dated her comment. She said, not an issue with manual therapy per se, it's how it's sold. Someone told me yesterday they were taking their kids to the chiro to prevent future problems and how their posture had been sorted by the chiro. It's that I have an issue with. Yeah, and I think that that's what fuels people that say, leave, leave manual therapy alone. It's like, well, leave, everyone will leave manual therapy alone when we stop hearing shit like this that, that really throws off people's health. And uh, people think, well, what's the harm in just doing a bit of a manipulation now and again? It's like, well, the, the harm is if it's not appropriately contextualised and understood to be what is it, what is it that it's doing, right? There are these sort of longer-term side effects that don't happen in everyone, but then what side effects do? If you think about pharmaceutical interventions, right? In pharmaceutical interventions, you've got side effects that are sort of affected by some people some of the time. We still mark them up as being them and we still counter for them. You still say you might want to look out for this. In this instance, you lay your hands on someone and you try and explain to them what it is or it isn't doing, our best understanding of it, to make sure that they don't over-associate it, to being corrective so that then they need it more or they perceive that they are vulnerable and fragile, which I think then Liz does expand on a, few, a further comment on, on Facebook, which I'm not going to be able to get to, which I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry about that because I'm just definitely not going to get to all of it. Ali said that the character limit on Twitter um, affects it and, and therefore it gets more pissy uh, because of that. He said he can't construct a bloody comment without enough detail, with enough detail without losing the point. And he then notices that I made that point as well, <laughs> which is good. It sounds like we're in agreement there. Um, final comment then it goes to my mate Reese, who will be probably one of these walls over to the side. He's probably uh, listening in uh, in his lunch break at Choose Health HQ, our strength and conditioning coach and uh, man many hats really here these days. He says the people debating aren't going to change their mind. It's a pointless debate as they're just trying to prove their own way on both sides. And that's what we want to see less of. So, Reese, I agree in part. They're not going to change their mind. That's the bit I agree with. The fact that then the audience might, so the, the witnessing that friction can sometimes create energy that, that, that change occurs in. And so I suppose I agree that uh, certainly when it's, uh, are they going to change their mind and therefore are we just watching tribalism in action, then that's a shame. But then sometimes if it's engaged with properly and maturely and if we stop talking past each other, I think that sometimes progress can be made mainly for those that watch on are persuaded by a stronger argument or another. And so doing some of this in public can have some positive effect. Um, and so Becky summed this up. Heated, I don't mind. Childish annoys me. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm uh, pretty childish myself. So I might stick my tongue out and uh, and, and pick my nose and, and be off uh, as the childish bugger that I am and clear off because I'm over time and I'm due on a meeting. So thank you so much for, for joining. Really appreciate it. And hopefully the last time we tackle this, in a wanna, um, whether it's the last time or not, let's be honest, uh, it's probably a bit ambitious, but I've enjoyed chatting to you as always. And uh, I'm at Tom Flanagan's wedding tomorrow, he's getting married. Uh, heckle him on Twitter, um, 
former co-host on the on Chewing It Over. So yeah, he's getting married tomorrow. That's exciting, isn't it? So I won't be doing Chewing It Over tomorrow. I'll be back Friday with a great episode. So I'll see you then. Thanks a lot.